Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode of Really Dicey. I'm Manny. And I'm RJ. And today we're reviewing the latest source book for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos, from Wizards of the Coast. And just like their other books, this comes with two covers to choose from. This is approximately 224 pages and has a short introduction and seven chapters. There is also a map of the Strixhaven campus you can detach um, that you can find at the back of the book. Strixhaven is based on one of the many settings uh, that take place in Magic the Gathering. The introduction is short and straight to the point. This book is four adventures that can be linked together at a supernatural university named Strixhaven, which has five colleges of magic, Lorehole, the College of Archaeomancy, Prismari, the College of Elemental Arts, Quandrix, the College of Neuro Numeromancy, Silverquill, the College of Eloquence, and Witherbloom, the College of Essence Studies. There are brief sections to the history of Strixhaven and its draconic founders. Chapter one, Life on Campus. To put it in a nutshell, this is a Harry Potter in D&D or, or Magic the Gathering or, or both with enough differences so that J.K. Rowling's lawyers don't come knocking. This chapter gives you 18 pages of setting material. It sort of reminds me of most college pamphlets without the magic, obviously. It has information about school administration, campus structure, and important buildings like the library and cafeteria, all with a magical twist. It goes on to explain the structures of each of the five colleges, like its philosophy, faculty, who the deans are, important buildings associated with each college, and other important NPCs. The five colleges are very distinct. Uh, each has their own style, architecture, uh, terrain, uh, mascot, etc. And each college is overseen by two deans, which present opposite philosophies to their students forcing the students to consider and choose which advice to follow. The campus itself uh, has many imaginative locations, uh, such as the detention bog in Witherbloom, where students are sent for detention, or the Archway Commons, uh, where students gather for many social activities, including uh, live action role-playing games. Chapter two, uh, character options, is probably my favorite section, but it's only 11 pages. The only thing bad I have to say about the Owlin race option is that it's the only race option. They can fly, they have 120 feet of dark vision, have proficiency in stealth, and they look like owls. There are no subclasses, only five backgrounds, two feats, five spells, and eight magic items. The magic items are mostly useful in these Strixhaven adventures, uh, but I do like the Strixhaven mascot, Stuffy, that helps you to fight off fear effects. Um, one of the feats, uh, Strixhaven Initiate, asks you to choose a college, and you learn two new cantrips from the college's list of three, and you also pick a first-level spell that you can cast without using a spell slot uh, once per long rest. The five backgrounds are really the same background. Uh, it's a Strixhaven student, um, but you select one of the five colleges you were a student in. Each one adds 10 new spells to your class's spell list, and the spells vary according to the college you've chosen. One of those spells will be one of the five new spells in this book. Um, and each of these backgrounds also adds the Strixhaven initiate feat to your character. Finally, let's talk about the five spells. Uh, they're all second level, except for one first level spell, uh, Silvery Barbs. There's a lot of controversy over this spell and whether it's overpowered and should be banned. Uh, we won't get into that topic in this video, but just be aware of that. 
One of the other spells is also worth considering, uh, Vortex Warp, which lets you teleport an unwilling creature of any size around the battlefield. Chapter three, School is in Session, is about an adventure called Campus Kerfuffle. But before the adventure can begin, players get a tracking sheet called Strixhaven Memories that lists your uh, that lists their relationships, report cards, extracurriculars, and jobs. How well you can do in each can give your characters boons like inspiration or D4 and skill checks. For example, in extracurriculars, if you're part of the Fantastical Horticulture Club, you can add a D4 once per for either your nature or survival skills between each long rest. For relationships, they have 18 NPCs you can choose from to pick your, your friends, your rivals, and a beloved. Now, this book really sets up the school atmosphere uh, by making your exam results and your extracurriculars useful. Similar to the extracurriculars, when you pass exams, you earn the ability to add a D4 to certain skill checks. Um, so you can build up a list of skills that have that extra D4 bonus waiting to be used. You can also cheat on exams if necessary. The first adventure isn't a traditional adventure. It's, it's filled with scavenger hunts, exploring the buildings on campus, social interactions, and exams. It's a good adventure for Harry Potter fans or fans that want to have misadventures at a magical university. Chapter four, Hunt for Mage Tower, is, is similar to the last chapter, um, but this time you officially choose your college. The Mage Tower game introduced here is probably the one thing I would take out of this book and bring it to other adventures because in my opinion, D&D lacks innovative wizarding games or duels. And this is a hundred times better than Quidditch. The third adventure is named The Magister's Masquerade and it's for third year students uh, at level six. In this adventure, uh, there's a malign influence falling across the university against the backdrop of the preparations for a masquerade ball, which is being organized by the students. This is a role play heavy adventure, lots of social interaction, and opportunities to develop uh, the rivalries or friendships with the notable NPC students, faculty, and staff. There's unsanctioned magic dueling, uh, decorating for the party. There's a fashion show with the opportunity to design a costume, as well as studying for exams, of course. And there's the masquerade ball itself, which has a lot of fun and imaginative elements. Chapter six has the final adventure of the book, uh, A Reckoning in Ruins which is for eighth level characters in their fourth year of university. This is the final showdown against the villain in the book. You'll visit the detention bog and then on to more remote locations and ruins with real dangers. There are some interesting options to overcome challenges such as um, using arcana checks to manipulate the harmonics of a standing spell to modify its effects, which really supports this theme of uh, university of magic. The final chapter is a compendium of monsters and beasts and NPCs. It includes 44 new stat blocks ranging from CR 1 to CR 25. Most of them are specific to this setting, but there's one new beast, uh, the Relic Sloth, CR 2, which might be useful to add to your beast options for other settings. And the Auric Blood Mage could make a frightening new addition to your spellcasting antagonists. Each college has four stat blocks for their apprentices, pledge mages, and professors. But one thing that stands out is that none of them have the new college-specific spells from this book. 
I would have expected the Silver Quill NPCs to have the Silvery Barb spell. In conclusion, would I buy this book? Probably not, but not because the book isn't well written. Um, it just doesn't have a lot of character options and I wish magic were more creative in some ways. Um, it doesn't matter to me if you have new backgrounds, if, if there's not new spells. It's just, it's you mostly just play with the same spells that DMD has been publishing for the last 50 years, almost 50 years. If you're new to DD, however, that won't be a problem for you. Uh, I think my problem, honestly, is a matter of preference. Um, the, the magic university type stories don't really call to me. I also don't like the romance options. Normally, those type of options I stay away from in my games because even with the most mature of players, it can get awkward and cringy. Also, the background options might be a little overpowered in different settings. As a player, uh, this book gives you a couple of very useful spells if they haven't been banned at your table. But I think these character options are really intended to be used in this setting and not in other settings. Uh, as a DM, I think the adventures in this book uh, provide a different experience from other hardcovers. The new mechanics around study, exams, extracurriculars, and rivalries uh, that make the university experience central to the gameplay. But I wouldn't mix this into a Forgotten Realms setting. I think the flavor of the two settings doesn't mix too well. Uh, but if you're, a if you're a Magic the Gathering player, uh, you'll recognize a lot of the art and concepts in this book. And the art is excellent. Personally, if my players want to play an adventure in a Magic school setting, Pathfinder's Strength of Thousands Adventure Path is what I would use. It's, mo it's more diverse and unique. But if you love Harry Potter or similar stories like that, and you've been waiting years for D&D to put together a setting like that, then look no further. This book has all the adventure and setting you need that will please even the sourest of Slytherins. Thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this review. Stay safe out there. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you next year.